that seeks to bring the church world and the art world closer together. My name is Matt Anderson. Thank you so much for joining us today. I would invite you to subscribe or follow this podcast on the platform of your choice. And uh, especially if you're on Apple, give us a five-star rating and review. It uh, gets us out there a little bit more and tricks those little algorithms that can bring so much despair to our lives. Uh, Hey, if you do that, uh, let's see, I will help you carry your Christmas decorations out of the attic. All right. So uh, also, if you'd like to advertise on this podcast, you can inquire by sending uh, me an email at mattcastworld. That's all one word, mattcastworld at gmail.com. Well, there's a quote attributed to the famous inventor Thomas Edison that says, Genius is 1% inspiration and 99% perspiration. Now, the, the obvious meaning is that most of what we call genius is just the work ethic of rolling up our sleeves and getting the work done. Uh, we can have all the wonderful ideas we want on, on paper, but until our hands get involved and get in the project and get it going, they just merely stay in the realm of ideas. By the way, I only do this because I, I love researching these things. According to Forbes magazine, um, those who inspect such things tell us that that quote from Edison is not only a misquote of his, because he, I think, had originally said that it was 2% inspiration, 98% perspiration, but more than that, that the, uh, the essence of the quote may have originated in the early 1890s uh, by a lecturer named Kate Sanborn. She, uh, she did a series of speeches and lectures on, on the subject, what is genius? And she defined genius as a mix of inspiration and perspiration. She said talent is uh, is perspiration, explaining that genius required more perspiration than inspiration. But she didn't really give a ratio of each, as Edison would would later do. Look, as a as a as an artist who's just trying to get his stuff out there, I read a quote like that and I think, okay, forget genius. I just want to get paid. Uh, I'm not really concerned with people calling me a genius right now as much as being recognized as having a viable income for what I do creatively. And yes, I want it to be liked, obviously, but uh, uh, the genius discussion is far from my mind. So we're going to we're probably going to cast aside the genius part of that today because that's not where most of you are living either. And when it comes to creativity, we know that Inspiration and perspiration are, yeah, necessary ingredients to the thing. Um, So we're going to spend a few minutes today talking about the ratio of each of those. And I would also like to offer a spiritual parallel uh, for those of us who are following Christ. Um, I am so thankful for those unexpected moments of inspiration, aren't you? Um, And I guess I'm being redundant here. Uh, inspiration is unexpected by, by definition. 
but for me, inspiration doesn't seem to happen when I'm sitting at my desk, forcing myself to be inspired. Like, okay, come on, man. It's time to get inspired. Let's go. Uh, we know those moments kind of just happen. Uh, they are rare, I think, but they do happen. Um, I re- I've probably told the story of uh, the Christmas book that I wrote a number of years ago started with me taking down my Christmas decorations and I was putting the ornaments on the tree away. And, uh, you know, and by those, I mean like the handmade ornaments that I've been given over the years or that I've received from friends. And I, and I realized, you know, every one of these has a story behind it. And I, I just stopped in the middle of my living room floor and realized I was onto something. And, th- and that was a great moment. But then I had to actually start writing, which is not as fun uh, as the moment of inspiration. Thus, the perspiration. Uh, Look, if it was easy, everybody would do it. And, you know, even when I started writing that novel, I hit a major roadblock on the story. I I just couldn't get past it. Um, I, I couldn't. I knew there was going to be a magical element to the book, but I didn't want it. I didn't want to repeat Dickens and I didn't want it to be cheesy and schmaltzy and I couldn't find a natural way to do it. And so the manuscript kind of laid just there frozen for about a year um, until another moment of inspiration (laughs) happened when I was, uh, I was talking to, uh, a dear friend, and told him about the situation I was in with the book. And in seconds, I'm not kidding you, in seconds, he just said something that unlocked the door. And now I had a clear path for the rest of the book, which was really the last two thirds. So now I then had to get back and roll up my sleeves and now write it out, the rest of the uh, the story. And those are amazing moments uh, when they happen. But again, you'll have a, you'll have a great moment followed by weeks and weeks and months and months of perspiration. And what I have more found to be true in, in my own writing and in my own process is that often the, uh, the perspiration creates the inspiration. I know we, you know, it's counterintuitive that way. Uh, and, and again, you have to have a starting point, maybe the germ of an idea or some sort of a theme. It's not fully flushed out or anything, but as I then just start to work and I just start writing, something suddenly becomes clear about the path I'm on. And it's almost as if the Lord is saying, this is the way, walk ye in it, you know. And I go, ooh, okay, I got to hit the brakes and I may need to make some changes now to the story. I, I might need to add some characters, take some away, change storylines, uh, go from third person to, to first person. But that's kind of how it happens. I start with just the perspiration of, okay, let's just start writing something. And then as it's happening, as my mind is engaged, <clears throat> as I'm as I'm going through this process, Suddenly, there's a moment. There's a moment that says, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, this is this is the way. If you want to call that inspiration, I do. Now, maybe that's not kind of your process. Uh, 
Um, and that's all right. But I think if we're just simply waiting for moments of inspiration to occur and doing nothing in the meantime, we're really wasting um, our efforts. If I'm just chilling through life, waiting for some disembodied voice to speak to me about what I'm writing, nothing is probably going to happen. So let me, let me bring in the spiritual parallel. In our journey with Christ, we do have tremendous moments uh, in our walk with Jesus from, from time to time. I have been in church or I've been at a conference when the speaker's message beautifully wrecked my world and brought clarity to something I desperately needed to know, brought hope where, uh, where previously there may not have been much. Or just in, in, in your own personal times with the Lord, uh, one morning or evening, something happens. Something you've read in Scripture for the 32nd time suddenly has new meaning to you. You, you have a, a breakthrough of God's overwhelming love, and you even begin crying tears of joy at, at the thought of kind of latching into His immense love for us, that, that He's truly lavished on us as the Bible says, that he calls us children of God. And we, we don't want to leave that spot. We don't want to go to work. We don't want to do anything else but just stay there. Uh, those are sort of heaven previews. But those aren't the norm, are they? I mean, I, I love to say every day, I, every morning I've spent with Jesus has been like that. But most days uh, we read our Bible. Yep, we're reminded of God's goodness. We're reminded of his power. Uh, we're reminded of so many things. But maybe there aren't lightning bolts that occurs. I mean, most Sundays, right? Our pastor preaches a good message, but it may not have the depth of personal impact as it does on somebody else in the room. But still, our lives, our lives are so much better for reading the Word, attending church with other believers. It's, it's really in this world that we live. It, and if, if it's okay to call that the perspiration of Christian living, to me, that's what it is. I mean, we, we live in a world of feeling. Everything has to be felt. If we can't feel it, then it isn't real. And it, to me, it leads to what I call an outside-in life. We need some sort of external thing to move us into knowing something is real on the inside. Every notion that we have has to be pursued uh, in the search for the endorphin rush of an emotional reaction within. And folks, that can lead to some really awful choices. Because in our search for some sort of emotional high, we can really mess some things up. When emotions are leading us, uh, we can really go off the rails. I think emotions, they're not evil, but they should follow, not lead. They should follow our good choices and our walk with Christ. If I need an external high from a church service, if, I'm, if I need this band up front to sort of pump me up into some sort of a, a spiritual place, or, or if, if I require my devotional life or a small group meeting to do that, well, what happens when I don't receive that? Do we wonder if it's real? Can we be okay with that? if we're not constantly getting what we call inspiration? I mean, most of the time, 
The Christian walk is perspiration. It's following, not leaning, following Jesus. It's obeying his commands. It's getting to know his word better, examining uh, the depth of the gospel for our life. It's carrying our cross. I mean, it's not as if our life is void of emotion. I just want you to understand the order. It's a cart and horse sort of thing. The Lord, I think, wants us to rediscover his grace and love every day. I think we need to plumb the depths of that every single day. We need to remember how saved we are every day. And that alone, I think, is what fuels our life from within. And we have an inside out sort of a life. I go into his presence. I am reminding myself of his faithfulness, of the fact that he has kept me around. Even on days when I have, or weeks or months when I put him on the shelf. And I said, uh, yeah, I got it. And I tried to be God. But when our fuel comes from within, from understanding that he never tossed us aside, he never said, eh, I got it. I don't need you. And as you and I do the perspiration of being determined to meet with Jesus, I think the inspiration of seeking his face and being in his presence just propels us every day. So let's do that in our creative life. Let's, let's do the hard work of staring down the canvas or the film or the script or the clay and getting our hands into it when we don't feel like it. And yeah, some days will be better than others, but I believe through the activity of glorifying God in our perspiration by doing it, he will provide inspiration to keep us going and to take us higher. This is Matt. I just want to take a few moments to tell you about uh, a book that I wrote a number of years ago. It's a uh, it's a Christmas story that I wrote that I think is pretty timeless. Uh, it centers on uh, a young man who's an artist named Tyler Ramsey, who finds himself in trouble right before Christmas, as his life feels like it's becoming undone and dealing with a lot of pain in his life. Uh, he tries to search for meaning on Christmas Eve, and the Lord sends him on this wonderful journey of transformation and restoration that I think you'll really enjoy. The book is called The Art of Christmas, and uh, it's, a, it's a story that I know has really blessed a lot of people, and I think it will for you too. Um, the Art of Christmas is sort of a, a mini novel. Uh, I, I think it's perfect for the holidays, and if you haven't had a chance to read it, I would invite you to do so. Uh, you can find The Art of Christmas on Amazon. Uh, just search for the title, uh, The Art of Christmas, and my name, uh, Matt Anderson, because there will be uh, a few books with that title and a lot of people with my name. And you can find it there. Or you can go to my personal website, which is mattministry.com, and uh, you'll be able to purchase it there. 
I hope you'll invest in the art of Christmas uh, this season and uh, invest in yourself and give yourself a little inspiration. After what we've heard, we now need to intentionally put the perspiration (laughs) into practice. So here's part one of perspiration time, and it begins with our calendar. Now, those of you who listen regularly to this podcast know that I drive for Uber in order to to pay some of the bills in my life. Uh, Most of you who are listening right now have something you do. Uh, for the same reason. Now, some of us, maybe not all, but some, I think would love to do our creative work full-time. Regardless, if if we want to create at all, uh, we can't wait until we're inspired to do so. This might sound weird to hear me say this, but I am really tired after driving for Uber all day long. Uh, mainly because of the mental exhaustion that comes from the hyper-focus that's needed to, you know, drive safely, avoid collisions, hazards, all that. Um, So when I get home, I feel pretty fried. Uh, The last thing I want to do is face my novel or think about a podcast episode, but there really is just no other way of getting the project done. So look at your calendars. Uh, Now, I know many of you have kids, you have schedules, you have church events, uh, athletic stuff going on, and now here come the holidays. But I want to just invite you to not fall into the all-or-nothing syndrome, um, in which you either create for six to eight hours or you do nothing at all. I want to challenge all of us to do something creative every day. Even if it's only 30 minutes, maybe if it's just getting up a little earlier and doing it at the front of your day, uh, get into the habit of creating daily. Make it a almost a ritual in your life so that it becomes so regular for you. Um, if needed, you, maybe you, you, you do it when you come home from work and you're fried. So if you, man, pray. Pray before you start for the Lord to give you creative energy and to give you godly inspiration. Oh my word, don't you think he'll respond to that? He loves to be a partner with you in your creativity. So bring him into it. Just say, Lord, come here, be next to me as I do this, and uh, give me your advice. Then just get in there and do it and see what happens. I mean, be thrilled with whatever you did to create, knowing you'll be back at it tomorrow. I think what that also does is it keeps the project in our minds, in the front of our minds, not the back. So we don't come back to it three weeks later and go, okay, what was I doing here? It stays with us uh, and it keeps our mind focused on how it's all coming together. Yeah, even if it's just 30 minutes at a time. So just a suggestion, as we're looking at the calendar right now, next month, At the end of December, it's going to be that week between Christmas and New Year's 
that's usually very unplanned. A lot of people take that week off of work. Maybe right now you can start making plans for that week uh, and you can claim some creative time for yourself. Um, I would say just be very proactive about that. Don't wait until uh, that way when the inevitable invitations come, people from out of town, you can sort of balance that out so that you're not still rushing from here and there and you get nothing done. So just a thought. The last thing I would say is that there's a lot of spiritual warfare when it comes to creating. I mean, you, you probably know that. It's something that Satan can't do. He can't create. God's a creator. Uh, Satan is a counterfeiter and a perverter of things. So I think his forces hate anyone who is creative and uses those creative gifts to glorify God, obviously. That's that's another reason why you and I find it so difficult to create. It's because of the spiritual warfare that we face when we want to do so. Our spiritual enemy is arrayed against us, and he's going to use everything. They're going to use everything in their power to get us just to Netflix and chill. And they'll say, you deserved it, man. You worked so hard. Oh, my word. You worked so hard. You know. So what I want to do before I let you go is I want to pray for you that you'll push through all that, push through what we would call the flesh, that how we feel and all those temporary things, knowing that the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. So Jesus, I pray for my creative friends today. I'm so thankful that they have allowed themselves to be counted, to stand up and say, yes, I'm an artist. God has giving me this ability. I'm his child, and he has given me artistic gifts that I can share with humanity. And I ask that you will give them uh, the, the ability to have the perspiration to first just open up their calendars today and take a look at, at the next 7, 14, 21 days and, and plot out small or large, however it works out, and for them not to be ashamed of how small it might be but that they give attention to their gifts intentionally every day. And as they just roll up their sleeves and get into it, Lord, I do pray that you will be the partner in this, that you will bless them with godly inspiration and give them direction for what they should do creatively, knowing that even as they work on it, they are defeating the enemy. They are mocking the enemy that someone as flawed and fallible as us can do something the enemy cannot do. And we openly mock them with our ability to create. Jesus, we want to glorify you in what we make, in what we write, in what we create. And so we ask your blessing. We ask for an anointing upon it and that we turn all applause towards you pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I just appreciate you being a part of this podcast. Thanks for joining the Matcast today. Share this with a friend. We would love to expand our Matcast family. If you have any questions or comments, uh, email those to me at matcastworld at gmail.com. Our theme music is by Sound of Fusion. This has been a production of Monumental Ministries. 
for more information or to listen to our archives, go to mattministry.com. Hey, thanks for having me over. I had a wonderful time. Thank you.